0: Hello and welcome to these panel didactic recordings for Project ECHO, Adolescent Mental Health Series at the Department of General Practice, University of Melbourne, Project ECHO Hub. I'm Bianca Forrester and I'm the GP facilitator for this session. In this session, Child and Adolescent Psychiatrist, Associate Professor Sandra Radovini, takes us beyond the basics for anxiety assessment and management. Welcome to Project Echo University of Melbourne Department of General Practice Hub and this is the Adolescent Mental Health Echo our Wednesday series session 4 and so this is session is titled anxiety anxiety in teens so good afternoon and thank you for joining us as we continue our conversation about complex mental health presentations in teens and how we can best assist in school based settings as primary care clinicians now in our past sessions we've discussed child and adolescent development both normal development neurodevelopmental disorders and the impact of adverse childhood experiences and trauma on the developing child and teen. Over this, we've laid the historical and social layers and considered the value of taking both longitudinal and collateral histories in developing, and enriching our understanding of teens presenting with mental health problems. So this afternoon, we'll now turn our focus to one of the most common disorders in adolescent mental health, anxiety. And we're going to consider how the development of our formulation contributes to the developing of a tailored management plan. All right, I'll hand over to you, Sandra. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. And it's very lovely to be with you all this afternoon. Anxiety disorders. As Bianca said, these are super common disorders. You'll meet lots of young people, and you'll meet young people where indeed. The anxiety disorder is something that has been with them from early childhood. So it's an important thing to remember in um, meeting teens. One of the things that we also want to remember is that anxiety occurs on a continuum. And we think about, well, what, what is normal anxiety in teens? And then what crosses over into anxiety disorders? So normal anxiety, the normal preoccupations am i normal thinking about all the changes that happen in adolescence who am i will people like me will people find me attractive where am i going and the uncertainty about the future and about study jobs etc especially in this time when we're thinking about an anxiety disorder we want to think about duration persistence severity, and impact on functioning. That's what crosses over into this is an anxiety disorder in this young person. We focus on trying to understand the pressures and the stresses for young people. And and always when thinking of this ecological model of the young person in their context, school, family, peers, and the broader system around them. And this year, we've got in particular some added pressures for young people with the impact of the pandemic and remote learning and potentially exposure to cyberbullying, families that might be struggling financially, job job insecurity for uh, parents and being in lockdown. And these things, of course, contribute um, and compound each other so that we can have this downward spiralling of increasing pressures of from a range of areas or hopefully the converse of finding ways out of uh, these pressures as well for young people and their families. Thank you. Uh, when we're thinking about assessment. In an earlier session, we talked about uh, the importance of a formulation. Why this young person? Why now? Why with these kinds of issues? And a way of, of, uh, I guess, bringing that together is to think about predisposing, protective, precipitating, perpetuating. And I'll explain the slide about the trains in a moment, just in case you're wondering, what on earth has that got to do with anything? Thanks, Sylvia. All righty, predisposing and protective, with respect to the individual, the young person, we. Think about genetic predisposition in terms of family history, the neurodevelopmental disorders and the much, much greater incidence of anxiety disorders and indeed with other mental health problems. Anxiety often co-occurs, for example, with depression. We also need to think about a young person's temperament. Do we have in front of us a young person who is perfectionistic, who is a high achiever? who may be quite controlling um, or indeed young people who have a low self-esteem and poor problem-solving skills, that increases their likelihood of anxiety symptoms developing. And this, this longitudinal history again, childhood anxiety says there is some kind of vulnerability in this young person when we get that history of anxiety in early childhood. And always we're trying to balance the predisposing uh, or the vulnerability with what might be protective. I'm trying to kind of flesh that out as well. And when we're looking at families, we're doing the same thing. We're thinking about, well, this young person's family, uh, is there histories of disadvantage? Is this a family who is struggling to be able to support a young person? Is it uh, adverse childhood events? Is it trauma? What about family breakdown, family conflict? That are reasons that make this potentially these parents, this family less available. In looking at precipitating and or perpetuating factors the precipitating factors relate to the why now question why now what are the current stresses and we look at these areas of a young person's life their peer relationship family um, school stresses perhaps ongoing exposure to family violence, or sometimes we meet young people where chronic illness is the big stressor. Young people don't expect to be ill. Uh, So this can be quite, quite difficult. And of course, the potentially beginning to experiment with drug and alcohol usage and, again, anxiety symptoms arising in that. Perpetuating are not Um, not going as they should in terms of your interventions, we ask ourselves, what what is it that's keeping this going? Sometimes it's drug and alcohol use. Sometimes it is that there are poor supports and or there are ongoing stresses for young people where, where the thing that set it off The precipitating set of stresses are not necessarily the things that keep it going as different stresses arise for a young person who is vulnerable. I was talking with Bianca in preparation for this session and talking about how difficult it is when young people present. Anxiety is so ubiquitous, so it can be hard to know what actually is going on for the young person. And we need to take the time to really try and unpack it, to really look at are there comorbidities or co-occurring problems. And for anxiety, I think it's useful to always think about anxiety and what else. What else is going on for the young person? And hence, uh, we don't know what train this young person's on and where it's heading. The management part is not unlike what we were all taught with respect to fevers. You have to treat the fever and then you have to treat and find and identify and manage the cause of the fever. Anxiety is the same. We need to help young people to decrease their distress that they have in relation to anxiety. And then we need to think about, so what are the stressors? And then what do we need to do? And what are the solutions to the stressors potentially? We want to um, explore with young people, what are their usual coping strategies? What usually works for them to help them when they're feeling stressed? Now, this is really tricky in this time of uh, having been in lockdown, remote learning, that the usual things that help may be exercising maybe being part of a team, maybe their peers, maybe going to school. And these things have not been available for some young people for a very long time. And so it is in this context that anxiety symptoms arise. It's always good to ask young people, have they talked to anybody, anybody at all in their circle, whether it be their peers or whether it be other adults. And we want to introduce the notion of brief psychological interventions, whether uh, whether we teach young people about physiologically uh, things that help, breathing, muscle relaxation, meditation, yoga, advice around healthy lifestyles uh, and, again, sleeping, eating, um, caffeine, all those things that you know about, um, and then really move to the helping them understand what a more formal cognitive behavioural therapy, what that might be about and how that might help uh, a young person with anxiety. This is one of my all time most important slides ever in psychiatry. The connection between feelings, thoughts and behaviours and how important it is to Uh, teach young people about these things and not assume that they have actually worked this out. In fact, it takes some people well into their adulthood to really get the connections. So what happens when we feel bad? What happens to our thoughts? Um, How our our feelings and our thoughts end up changing our behaviours and our activities? So in relation to triggers, so when there's a trigger when there's a stress something that is difficult what happens what do we what do we um understand or what do we notice about ourselves again our feelings our thoughts getting young people to notice what kinds of unhelpful thoughts pop in their minds when they're not feeling so good, you know, I'm no good, I'm going to fail, everything is terrible, that kind of catastrophizing, um, that feeds the anxiety uh, and the, the vicious kind of circle that young people get into of avoiding things, I'm no good, I can't do this and, you know, feeling really bad. And avoidance, well, it makes sense. If something is making you anxious, um, if something is difficult, that we want to avoid it is, you know, perfectly understandable. But in actual fact, of course, we know that avoidance is a reinforcer. Um, But that's helping young people understand how these things work because they then relate to what are the interventions going to be does help explain that CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, looks at the influence of those unhelpful thoughts, looks at thinking about behavioural things that we can do to feel better and how this connects to our feelings and teaching young people this. The what's the stressor, therefore what's the help? Uh, This is so important to get to the nitty-gritty of what is this young person finding difficult. And we do check in about what's happening in school, academically, socially, what's happening at home, um, what is happening with peer or romantic relationships and with young people, where are they at developmentally when it comes to romantic relationships, embarking on sexual relationships, what about young people who are questioning their sexual orientation, young people who are wondering about their gender, that create another layer of complexity for them, particularly if they find themselves in a family or a community where there are uh, where they feel like this will not be accepted. And so again the image of the train. we have a giant big steam train and a tinsy winty little toy train. Psychological therapies is where it's at for anxiety. And pharmacological therapies play a little role. Um, but really we want to focus on helping young people develop skills and strategies, managing anxiety because anxiety is part of life uh, and we all need to work out what works for us we all need to figure out what to do whose help do we need when there are big stresses and being able to access help appropriately so it is the psychological therapies and every now and then yes the pharmacological ones Resources, there are lots of great resources here and the usual suspects, Origin, Headspace, Beyond Blue have a lot of, of resources for clinicians and also for young people. And then, of course, there are there is the Cochrane Library with reviews uh, there on a whole range of topics, a whole range of mental health um, difficulties if you want to get into the nitty-gritty of some of that.
0: You can head to our show notes for links to those resources. And if you're part of the Doctors and Secondary Schools Clinical Training Program at the University of Melbourne, you can head to Canvas for the clinical tools and resources and head to the Project Echo Catch-Up sessions for the PowerPoint presentation for this didactic. So that concludes our panel didactic recording from this session. We wish to thank Associate Professor Sandra Radovini from the Department of Psychiatry and Origin, for her contribution to this session. We also would like to acknowledge the Victorian State Government for supporting this ECHO series. The Adolescent Mental Health ECHO series is part of the broader suite of clinical training program components for the Doctors and Secondary Schools Training Program, a Victorian State Government initiative. This podcast was brought to you by the Department of General Practice at the University of Melbourne.